the um, bronze silicone. Camera speed. Sound production, take one. Hello to all my lovely cinephiles and bibliophiles. It's great to have you all on one episode in one place at the same time because sometimes doing it separate, I just don't feel the energy. But right now, I feel everyone's energy. We're all connected. And now I'm sounding like a healer. (laughs) I'm sounding like a shaman. So let me stop talking that way um truly though it is to have all of you here at once um to just kind of talk about movies about books and about me i realized somewhere along the line of last week that i've been i have how many episodes on this podcast and yet i've never done a get to know me or anything like that Y'all just kind of listen to me talk, and I appreciate you for it. But I feel like you deserve to know the person behind the voice, the person behind the thoughts and the very, very heavy opinions. Um, And so that's what this episode is about. Now, I came up with, I think this is eight, like, kind of questions that I felt like you all would enjoy um, the answers to and it would get you to know a little bit more about me and it's just for fun, you know, for for shits and giggles. So I hope you all are doing great. Thank you all for joining and I hope you take something away from this episode. Perhaps you feel a little closer to me as your favorite podcast host. And so now, without further ado, my name is Avery Coffee. I am 22 years young. Um, I will be turning 23 in December, but I don't want to talk about it. Um, And I'm a recent college graduate, which is part of why I started this podcast. I've always really enjoyed books and I've always enjoyed movies. I can't tell you a distinct movie that I watched and I was like, oh, like I love film I love cinema because of this one movie because I've always felt kind of like um always felt a connection to movies no matter what um watching horror movies was something that me and my family members did like I am my my nana's designated horror movie watcher like we watch horror movies together every time I visit her um, me and my aunt, we, like, our shared love was Chucky and, and Halloween. We loved watching those movies together. Um, and so, like, horror movies specifically has always been just a part of me. But, of course, I've always loved every single movie. Um, and, you know, like, now that I'm sitting here talking about it and thinking about it, I think watching movies has always been a way for, like, me and my family to connect not just me and my nana and my aunt, but like me and my stepdad and my mom and you know my siblings. We would all get together and we would sit in the living room and we'd watch Avengers or we would watch some other different action movie with Dwayne Johnson in it or um, you know one of the many many action movies with the same reoccurring plots but more action than the than the last one. Um, and I mean each time it was. 
we're, we're, we don't feel forced to entertain one another. We don't feel forced to say anything, but we're still enjoying each other's just kind of like we're enjoying each other's company um, without feeling the pressure of using up our social battery, I guess. Um, and as for books, <laughs> books have been there for me more than movies in the sense that I escaped with my books because I am like very, very early Gen Z. Um, I grew up with and without technology. So I already didn't have too much of a dependency of my phone or computers or anything when I was um, between the grades of, you know, kindergarten and I would say sixth grade. And so when I would get grounded from my phone or when I would get grounded from the computer, I would just turn to reading and it really didn't make any much of a difference. And even when I, you know, moved up in school grades and I got older and technology got more advanced, I still found a way to kind of just like, it never bothered me to get grounded from my phone because I could always just rent a book and be entertained that way. If I was grounded from the TV, I would just, you know, like rent a book from the library and be entertained that way. And (laughs) there was a point in time though where I didn't read any published books I just read Wattpad stories and we'll get into that a little bit later um so in that kind of era of my life it did suck when I got my phone taken away but for the most part being grounded from any sort of technology rarely ever bothered me because I just kind of found comfort in reading and so I all when I was in college, I studied creative writing and because I love to write and reading books is kind of what sparked my passion for writing. Are we sensing a pattern here? I also um, studied film in college as well. And because my thing is that I, I want to feel fulfilled with what I do in life. Um, and I don't want to work some like boring desk job Um, you know, counting spreadsheets all day because I'm not going to feel stimulated mentally. I'm not going to feel, I'm not going to walk into work and feel like I'm creating something. And that just does not sound fun to me. And so I studied three different things in college, two of which were things that I like genuinely am interested in. I want to learn more and I I, you know, have that underlying passion for already um, so that I could find a way to incorporate it into my career later down the line. And so that's exactly what I've been doing. Of course, I'm just, I'm still newly graduated. And from what everybody tells me, I'm, you know, that that's just the way things go as a college graduate. But, um, I started I started the podcast because I wanted to find a way to kind of bring those two passions together. Um, I wanted to have on paper in a way, paper, earbuds, phone, whatever. I wanted to have a physical 
kind of like manifestation of my love and my interest for books and film. And I had the bookstagram um, since last like December, I would say. Um, I've had my bookstagram, but I found myself kind of like I'd watch these movies and I'd want to talk about them with everybody. But I would post them to, like, my private Snapchat story, and I just wasn't feeling fulfilled that way either. And also, I I wondered if there were other people who would be interested in hearing my thoughts and what I have to say who weren't necessarily on my private Snapchat story. Um, and so that kind of is what sparked the idea. For a really long time, I did want to do a podcast. But I just didn't, I wanted to know exactly what I wanted to do. I can't tell you how many times I've started a YouTube channel. And I've, I'll like post three videos in a row. And then I'll just quickly stop. <laughs> because I could never find my niche. I could never find um, something that I, you know, kind of going back to what I was talking about just a second ago. I could never find that thing that fully stimulated me enough to continue to push through and to see growth in my channel and quite honestly and everyone this is this might be a controversial opinion because I've talked to other people who have a podcast and they do video of their podcast I've talked to people who are simply just um youtubers who are simply just like tiktokers whatever um, and some people will say that video editing is a lot easier than voice editing. And I, or audio editing, I will take it to my grave. Audio editing is so much easier for me. And maybe that's just because, like, <laughs> when I would edit my videos, I would also kind of, like, scrutinize, like, the way I look and, like, the way that the framing looked and the way that um, certain like frames didn't mesh well with others. Because, listen, I'm a perfectionist, okay? I need things to, to look right. If I have a vision, whatever I'm working on, it's going to turn out the way that I envision it. It just takes a lot of work. And so, you know, I, I probably would overcomplicate editing my YouTube videos, but they always turned out pretty decent, you know? Um, so for me, a podcast was just so much more low maintenance and I was able to dedicate more of my energy into preparing for the podcast, recording the podcast, marketing the podcast, rather than just simply editing it, you know? Um, and so I decided to mesh both books and movies together because I wanted to bring those two audiences into one space. I wanted to to create a community out of book lovers and movie lovers because depending on who you're asking, we're all one and the same. Um, especially because of like the amount of conversations you can have simply based off of movie adaptations or books or book adaptations of movies. And and of course, that's, that's something that I really want to do on this podcast. Um, you know, later on down the road. I haven't gotten to it yet, but... We're getting there. We're getting there. <laughs> and, um, you know, so just people who get lost in the world of fiction in general. And while 
this podcast initially was just supposed to be about movies. I did talk about Stranger Things, and I do want to talk about, you know, other TV shows that I might find interesting um, because I just really don't want to feel limited. And I constantly remind myself, like, when I'm trying to stick to a concept or I'm trying to stick to an idea or whatever the case is, I remind myself, like, this is my podcast. I can do what I want with it. And one of the kind of like key key notes or key tips of marketing and you know like providing something to an audience is you want to stay consistent um not necessarily predictable but you want to you want to be known and you want to give um what the people are looking to you for at the same time i got to keep you on your toes and so, you know, the last, I, was, I think it's like the last two or three episodes that I did were unlike the ones that I've done before. Um, the like most recent episode I did was not even necessarily on one movie particularly, but it was on a whole bunch of movies. And I talked about how they all relate to each other. Um, and I, you know, brought in some of my, some of my college degree knowledge into it. <laughs> um, the one before was just talking about Stranger Things because I freaking love Stranger Things. And all of these things that I decide to talk about and that I bring on the, onto this podcast are all things that I literally have like talked people's ears off about. Everyone around me is so tired of hearing me talk about it. They don't want to hear it anymore. And so I'm like, okay, but you know who does want to hear me? My podcast listeners. Yeah. Because this is a community, this is a safe space for me and for you. And that's all I've ever wanted it to be. And so as I, you know, continue to work on this podcast and as I continue to just kind of like grow it in whichever direction and way that it grows, I want it to be natural. I want it to be authentic. Um, I had a conversation with someone and they were pretty much saying that like, I need better marketing for it. I need to do this with my podcast because I need to, you know, I I need to start making more money from it. And I'm like, that's not the point of it. That's never what I was looking to get out of it. Yeah, that's a great perk. Don't get me wrong. But at the end of the day, I really just want to build a community for, for book lovers, for movie lovers. Of course, there are all kinds of movie and television podcasts on Spotify, on Apple um, podcasts, on Google Cast, like there's all kinds. Um, and for even for book podcasts, you know, there's not as many, but there's still some out there. And I really just wanted to, you know, create kind of like a central location for people who are in the middle, who want to listen to both at the same time. Um, and because that I found myself looking for those podcasts. In addition, I was looking, listen, I'll tell you exactly the kind of podcast I was looking for when I wanted to listen to a podcast about books and movies. I wanted to hear from a woman. Not only did I want to hear from a woman, I wanted to hear from a black woman. And I wasn't finding those podcasts. A lot of podcasts that I listen to where black women are the hosts are self-care, um, wellness, 
or what's that other genre just like like social commentary which is great those are fun love those but I mean and then I would find podcasts with black women as the hosts but then their last episode was posted like six months ago and then it's like okay what am I supposed to do what am I supposed to do now so I really just kind of saw my search and need for something and decided to create it instead of continue to search for it and that's how the Unbound Cinefem was born now in like a year or so two years where do I see it going um I really just want to continue to grow the community that I have um I know that I have those dedicated listeners who wait for my episodes to come out and they listen to them when they're in the gym they listen to them when they get off of work and you know they'll message me about them and um even I've had one person message me and ask me like oh <laughs> where's where's this week's episode I I don't see it and I'm like oh my gosh I didn't think y'all were watching me like that <laughs> um but it really does mean so much that my words and my thoughts and my opinions find a way to inspire those who do listen. And that's all I've ever wanted from it. Um, when I talk about movies, I talk about how no matter what I say or no matter what my thoughts are, you should still go see the movie. You should still experience it for yourself, but always go with an open mind. Um, and every time someone will ask me like, oh, what's your opinion on this movie? And even before the podcast, that's what I would say. I'd be like, listen, I think this movie was great or I think this movie was this, but you should still go see it because like it's still your own experience. And even if I don't like it, you might like it. Or even if you don't like it, at least I can give you a different perspective to see it from. Um, Because I think that we're so used to... Low-key, honestly, y'all, humans humans can be lazy. Humans can lack critical thinking skills. And we just want things at face value because we don't want to put in the effort it takes to think deeply into stuff. But that's the fun of it. And I, I have never liked being surrounded by people who, like, will criticize me for thinking deeply into a movie because you know what? Every movie has a deeper every movie has a deeper meaning to it. And you you can't point out a movie to me that doesn't have a deeper meaning. Quite honestly. I and that's a challenge. That is a challenge. If you're listening right now, I want you to send me a movie that you think has no deeper meaning and watch me prove you wrong. Anyways, that was a very long tangent, but the point of the matter is that I just want to continue to inspire people, um, you all, my listeners, my beautiful bibliophiles and cinephiles, to read and watch and observe through a different lens other than, you know, your personal one. You don't have to like every single thing that you watch, but do you at least see what the director was trying to do do you at least see what the author was trying to do and do you see why people might like it do you see why people might not like it 
Um, yeah, of course, it, every it's all it's all art, right? So it's all going to be subjective. And I think that's my favorite thing about it is the way that we perceive and receive all of this different media that is in front of us. So that is a very, very long, drawn-out explanation of who I am, um, how I'm coming to you, (laughs) my intentions, and um, just my, my passion and my interest and my love for the podcast and everything that I do talk about on this podcast. So now we're going to get into a little bit of the fun stuff. Um, you all probably have an idea of, you know, what my favorite movie genre is, what my, you know, favorite books are, whatever, but we're still going to talk about it because we need to clear the air, um, clear up some rumors that are spreading around. And I'm sure this comes to no surprise to you all, but my favorite movie genre is horror, and quite honestly, it's probably always been that way. I can't think of a single time that I ne- that I did that I didn't watch horror movies. <laughs> it it almost feels like I was born and horror movies were pumped into my veins. Of course, I had to close my eyes at the bad parts or the scary parts whenever I was little, not because I wanted to, but because my mother made me. Um but I still enjoyed it nonetheless. I particularly remember I was afraid <sighs> listen I was a, I was a very scary child, um, and not like I I scared people, but I was just scared of a lot of things as a child, and so Chucky and Freddy Krueger particularly just like frightened me, and I remember one time I was so afraid of Chucky just popping out of one of the corners in my Nana's house, and so like. I had to run to get something because I didn't want him, you know, to catch me slipping. So I had to run and get something. But as I was running, as I was running to get whatever I was getting, the dishwasher kicked on and it scared me. And so I, I skidded in my tracks and I ran back to the living room and I jumped on the couch and I did not move from that spot. I also had a nightmare about Chucky one time. I had this dream that I was stuck in this well and I just heard his laugh and I look up and he's looking down at me and he's just taunting me and I'm stuck in this well and I was about seven when I had that dream (laughs) so Chucky has tormented me my entire life um but honestly it's crazy to think that I was ever scared of him because like now it's just he's so funny those movies there's no there's nothing scary about those movies it's just so funny to watch um and that's really with all of the classic slasher movies um Friday the 13th Halloween oh my god Hellraiser I watched Hellraiser for the first time maybe like two or three weeks ago I could not believe my eyes. I mean, I know it's considered an like a cult classic, but when I whatever I got, whatever I received, was not what I was expecting. Um, that's also the same with Invasion of the Body Snatchers. That one's also a cult classic, and I I actually genuinely liked that movie. It was just the dog with the human face caught me off guard. 
It really did. So, you know, I, I'm now at the point of my, um, cinephile life cycle, I guess, where I'm exploring the classics. I, in college, I took a whole class on Alfred Hitchcock, which is, you know, one of the very founders of thriller and horror movies. Um, I took a whole class on him and it was so, like, eye-opening, you could say. Um, and then I took my philosophy and film class, which I talked about a little bit on my last episode, the philosophy of black horror, I'm pretty sure it was. That's the title of it. Either way, great episode. You should check it out if you haven't already. Um, and, like, both of those classes just really, like, opened my eyes to the way that we see film. And particularly the horror genre. Like, people watch horror movies to be scared. And for me, like, I've always watched horror movies, yes, to be scared, but I love to watch other people's reactions when I watch them. The amount of times that I've watched Midsummer because I wanted to see other people's reactions to it is almost concerning. <laughs> Um, and, and when I was in college and we would have like movie nights and they'd be like, oh, Avery, like, you know, we don't know what we should watch. Well, what's your suggestion? I'm like, hand, hand the remote over to me. So then there we go. We, we watched Midsummer. We also watched Hereditary. Um, and every time I, someone left the room um, with new trauma that they never really expected to have. And I really just, I take pride in being able to instill such an emotion in someone. (laughs) Um, because quite honestly, (sighs) Midsummer is one of those movies that if you didn't see it in the movie theaters, um, then you probably would not watch it on your own terms you know you wouldn't see and be like "Mm, this looks good and so it's my responsibility to show you what you were missing out on you know and the thing about it is that everyone that I've watched that movie with not one of them can sit here and say it wasn't memorable because I'm forever me and Midsummer are forever ingrained in at least three people's memories and I take pride in that. So yeah, horror has always played a very, very big part in my movie passion, my cinephilism. Mm, we'll check into that word. <laughs> um, because there's there's also just so much that goes into it, you know? You have to find the perfect screen queen. You have to find the perfect final girl. The final girl? Now, a female lead is one thing right but a final girl is like two in one you're looking for your perfect screen queen and your female lead all in one and not everyone can do both not everyone can do both you know jamie lee curtis she had it in her she had it in her and uh, but you know besides that you also have to work on the the special effects makeup, right? And I'm not going to sit here and act 
like the makeup in the 1978 Halloween. Is it 78 or 79? 76? 78. Regardless. I'm not gonna sit here. And I'd like those special effects were great. There hardly was any blood in it, I'm pretty sure. Um, I'm not gonna sit here and act like the special effects in Invasion of the Body Snatchers was good. Because for the time, for the time, it was. Looking back at it, absolutely not. We have progressed. We have progressed in a major way. And so it's really just fun to see the way that like artists have a spot in Hollywood to come up with these creatures and come up with these looks and, you know, make the impossible look possible, really. Um, and that's one of my favorite things about horror as well. Um, so yeah, I particularly, I do like psychological horror movies. Um, so like Get Out, I love, there's another movie, it's called, I think it's called Synchronic. It was pretty good. Um, I believe I watched it on Amazon Prime, maybe. I watched it a really long time ago, but... Um, just movies with a twist. I love movies with a twist at the end. And I recently saw one that was really good. Of course, I'm not going to reveal it. But yeah, if you have a movie that you think has like the perfect plot, the plot twist, send it my way because I will eat it up. No crumbs left. Now, that's enough of me geeking out over horror movies because you all get that on a daily basis. Um, so moving on to my favorite book genre, I do love a good philosophical fiction book or a thriller book. Now, I didn't discover this until this year because I read The Midnight Library and I read, um, Before the Coffee Gets Cold. And those are two kind of like philosophical fiction books. And I, first of all, never knew they existed, but... I must say, wow, wow. The Midnight Library is one of my top favorite books, um, which we'll talk about that in a little bit. But, oh my gosh, I'm having breathing problems so bad. <sighs> the Midnight Library, um, it really caused me to think but not in the way that like a thriller book would make me think or a realistic fiction book would make me think or even like a self-help book would make me think. Um, and the thing with self-help books is that like, you know, yes, there's a philosophical aspect to it or there can be a philosophical aspect to it, but it, I need, like I've been saying, I need that like mental stimulation and fiction when you mix fiction and then you mix like kind of those like mind bending questions or like mind mind altering life altering kind of um concepts then you you get a bestseller right there so for the longest time back at like if you were to have asked me what my favorite genre was back in middle school or high school probably would have said uh, just realistic fiction or I would have said romance um because yeah there was a point in time where I was eating up every romance book there was Sarah Dessen was my favorite author in middle school 
because I used to I used to read every book of hers and imagine me being this little white girl in these stories who I was not in real life obviously <laughs> and um I would definitely live vicariously through these white characters having these cute little love stories and then once I let's see I think it was maybe like seventh to eighth grade um that I started weaning myself off of actual books and I started reading Wattpad and so me reading Wattpad lasted until about sophomore year and then I started to pick up real books again but that's why most of my like favorite books or my top books or whatever are mostly present day books because even just within the last like six months I've read more books than I have in the past four years altogether. That's scary. But, I mean, between, like, graduating high school and starting college and graduating college, like, there was no time to do it. And it sucked, but I told myself once I graduate, like, I really want to get back into reading books again. And I'm very proud of what I've accomplished. Like, I'm literally staring at my bookshelf right now. She's small, but that's because I have limited space. If I was not limited with the space I was given, the whole wall would be a bookshelf right now. And it is a life goal, for sure. Um, But I also love a good thriller book. I read Verity by Colleen Hoover. And that, I think, honestly... That was the last like solid thriller book that I read and enjoyed. Um, I tried to read All the Missing Girls by Megan Meg something. I can't think of her last name right now. But I did not like the way that, that book was structured. Um, but Verity was the last book that I like. I read and I was hooked and I, I literally could not stop reading. But that's the only Colleen Hoover book that I've read that I liked. And don't come for me when I say that. I promise you, like, I'm trying my hardest. Um, but, like, they're just not giving what Verity gave. Um, I do like horror books as well. But the past two horror books that I have consumed, um, they just they also weren't serving the way that I wanted them to. I think the reason why I liked the Final Girl Support Group so much was because it was just, like, heavily inspired and, like, playful with modern-day horror classics. And so it was so easy to just kind of, like, hone into the universe that Grady Hendrix was building. But, like, with Final Girls by Riley Sager and then with Grady Hendrix, um the southern book club's guide to slaying vampires those two i really wanted more out of them particularly grady hendrix vampire book because you know i love vampires um and i i'm I'm debating on whether i want to do an episode on that book i don't know it might be like a combination episode because i can talk about vampire books and movies all day long and this is not the episode for it. But, um, yeah, so I just, I really look for more out of horror books. Um, I mean, it's horror for a reason. So I should, like, read it and genuinely be, like, shivering my timbers 
and I just wasn't. I think Verity, there was one point in Verity where I was shivering my timbers, and that wasn't even a horror book. That was just a thriller. So, yeah, I have yet to find a good a good horror mo- I have yet to find a good horror book, but if you have a recommendation, definitely let me know because I am taking I'm taking the calls. I'm taking the calls. Speaking of vampires though, I'm going to move on to talk about my top 3 movies. And these are in no particular order at all, but just know Twilight. <laughs> I have a feeling you all knew that I was going to say that, um, and you should, because that means that you're listening, you're paying attention, and you're aware, and I appreciate that. So yeah, Twilight is definitely in my top three movies. One thing about it, none of these movies truly reflect, like, I would say my taste in movies, necessarily, um, And when I list off, like, oh, what are your three favorite movies? I have to keep in mind, like, this isn't to prove how, like, sophisticated or knowledgeable I am or, you know, like, how prestigious my film taste is. Like, it's literally just what I enjoy. That's the thing. Like, when you ask film majors or whatever, like, oh, what's your favorite film? Like, they always say something bougie. Not always. I won't say always. But... It's always something, like, that a film critic would consider, like, a masterpiece. And it's like, okay, but let's talk about Coraline. Because Coraline, yeah, yeah, maybe Roger Ebert is not going to sit here and rate it a five, out of, a five stars out of five. But that's a, that's a masterpiece, and you can't tell me otherwise. Coraline should be a cult classic. I'm saying it here first, folks. Because the claymation, the claim, the storyline, hello, the plot twists, the character arcs, like there's so much that I could talk about in that movie, and that's why it's one of my top three movies, and it will remain that way. Speaking of, they're showing it in theaters for one day only on Monday, and I'm going to see it. I'm going to be front row in that seat with my popcorn and my drink. It's not in 3D, unfortunately, because the original one was in 3D. I'm a little upset because I didn't experience that. But it's okay. It's okay. We're moving on. <laughs> um, And then my third movie on this list is Scott Pilgrim vs. The World. I've always loved this movie ever since I first watched it. There's a lot of movies that I just kind of found as I was like scrolling cable. That's the wonders of cable television because... When you're looking for something to watch, you don't necessarily have, like, a guide, a TV guide. Or even if you do, like, you see the name and you're like, hmm, I wonder what this is about. And you click on it. But even if you're just scrolling through channels, what they used to call, what the old heads used to say, channel surfing. And you just, like, you catch a glimpse of a scene of a random movie or show and you're like, oh, that looked like it could be interesting. And you go back and you see what it was. That's how I found Jennifer's body. That's how I found Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. That's how I found so many other TVs and movies that I probably wouldn't have known had I not just been curious and had a lot of free time on my hands. The moment that I stumbled upon Scott Pilgrim, the trajectory of my life was forever changed. Because the cinematography... And the soundtrack and the actors, oh my gosh, the cast for that 
film is insane. Almost every single person is like, you, okay, you sit here and tell me Chris Evans is in that movie. I'm telling you, you're lying. Even if you pull up the cast list and show me, here, it says Chris Evans, you're lying to me. <laughs> I, t- it was what, like maybe two months ago that I saw maybe on TikTok and it was talking about Chris Evans being in Scott Pilgrim. And I said, um, I've seen that movie at least 10 times. And never once have I made the connection. Oh, that's Chris Evans. Can't say the same thing for Twilight. Everybody in Twilight, I know. I know them. And I support them. I heavily support every single every single actress and actor from Twilight. I know them. I know their filmography. I know every move they make. I don't know every move they make. I'm kidding. But like Justin Chan, when he came out with Blue Bayou, yeah, I was on it like honey. Like a bee on honey honey i was there those are my top three movies i mean i could literally go on i have so many movies that i love and that i enjoy and that i can watch over and over again and not get tired of but i knew i had to limit it to three because otherwise we would be here all night and i can't do that to you all Uh, moving on to my top three books now i already talked about the midnight library a little bit um, this was one of those books that was kind of hyped up on TikTok and Instagram. Um, not as much as Colleen Hoover, but I was still getting a little bit of the limelight and I gave it a chance and I have not once regretted it. Um, it was such a great concept, such a great message and so many things that you can literally take away from the book all in all, like so many quotes that you can apply to your own life. Um, the character's journey, Nora, like so many things that you can take away from her journey and apply it to your life. And it was thoroughly just an enjoyable book to and, and story to watch how, you know, Nora quickly learns a life lesson. Not quickly. It was not quick at all. Um, the second book that I have is The Final Girl Support Group. I already have an episode on this book. I mean, I do have an episode on the Midnight Library as well. It's one of those books that I I found it. I was looking for books to read and I found it and I was like, oh my gosh, I have to read this. And once I did, like, I was not disappointed. Now, a lot of people say it lacks originality, but that's one of my favorite parts about it because it feels so, um, like, close to heart, I guess, because I love horror movies. And it's like, when worlds collide, and my worlds were colliding there. So that's, you know, that's one of the main reasons that I enjoy it. And I love all of the, like, diversity within the the characters as well. Um, I feel like you don't really see that. For a book written by a man, but about women, it's pretty strong compared to Riley Sager's. But we're not going to talk about that. And then the third book that I had on here... I wanted to find a book that was not released in the last, like, two years um, to show you all that I actually, I've, you know, been reading most of my life. But like I've said before, I, there was a, you know, a good chunk of my time spent reading on Wattpad only. And there's not much of a track history for that. Unless I were to have said, oh yeah, one of my top favorite books is After. And it's just not. Anna Todd, first of all, should have never made After into a shelf series. 
because then she had to change the names. And so now the story is completely diluted from its originality and from the original connection it had with One Direction. And as a One Direction stan, I can't support it. I'm not going to support Harden. Absolutely not. I refuse. I was really excited too because I remember the day that it was announced that after it was going to be turned into like a, you know, like an actual book series. And then people started talking about movies and for whatever reason, we were all really delusional into thinking that One Direction was going to be completely on board with this and do like movies and stuff with it. Yeah, we were stupid for that. (laughs) But it was fun to live in delusion for a little bit. So the third book on this list is Panic by Lauren Oliver. Now I read this book in high school, I think it was maybe junior year. Um, and it was a great book. I thoroughly remember it. And so then when I saw the series on Amazon, I was like, is this the same one that I read in high school? And it was, and the series was pretty good too. So yeah, um, obviously it was too, it was too long ago for me to do an episode on it, but the concept was really cool and Lauren Oliver is a great author. I've read Delirium by her. I'm currently reading the second um, installment of that trilogy, and she did one other book that I've, that I feel like I've recently read. That is what made me want to read. Oh, she did, I didn't recently read this one, but she did Before I Fall, um, which is kind of like a Groundhog Day type of story, and that was also made into a movie. Lauren Oliver's been in her bag ever since maybe like 2000, 2008. So those are my top three books, I would say. Of course, I do have others, um, but we'd be here all night and we can't do that. I will say, the reason why Twilight does not show up on this list of books is because I didn't finish the book series. I only ever read Twilight and I read Twilight after I watched the movie and then I tried to read New Moon so that I could I I, I don't remember if I read New Moon after New Moon came out or before but I hated New Moon I tried to read Breaking Dawn I mean I was in like seventh or eighth grade at this point so it was genuinely just a lot for me to read and at one point I had two copies of Breaking Dawn because they were both gifted to me by different people. And I was just overwhelmed. And so I never finished the series. I have it though. Because I, I got three out of the four books from Goodwill. So maybe I will get around to reading it at one point. But as of now, I've only ever read Twilight. It was a good book though. And I feel like it's very, very similar to the movie as well. So kudos to them. To wrap up this little conversation um i just wanted to kind of talk to y'all about what i've been obsessed with lately um because what was a series that i recently finished oh my gosh like my thing is that i i go in and out of moods i'll be in like a series mood and i'll just watch series back to back to back to back or I'll be be just simply in movie moods and I'll just watch movies and movies and movies. Um, and so recently I've just been into series 
And so after I watched Stranger Things, I was trying to find something to fill the void, which, I mean, that's very, very hard because Stranger Things is kind of, like, not one of the, not one of a kind, but, like, yeah, one of a kind. Um, and so after I watched Stranger Things, um, I picked up Fleabag, which Fleabag, I started to watch the first episode of it um, because I saw people talking about it on TikTok and I just really wasn't vibing with the first two episodes. But then the more that I sat with it, I was like, okay, this is kind of fun. And then the second season wrecked me, absolutely wrecked me. Like, wow, I still think about it from time to time because wow it hurt it like emotionally just deteriorated me and even more is that when I learned that they're not coming out with a third season that hurt too yeah because I need justice for Fleabag another thing that I've been kind of addicted to lately is The Boys which is a series on Amazon Prime I first of all I love um I love satire about America and the boys is perfect because it's like satire about Marvel and the government all at once and don't get me wrong I love Marvel movies but it's also propaganda at the same time so you know I I can enjoy Marvel movies and still still recognize the truth in the matter and so the boys is just very what was I th- I feel like I thought of a word yesterday to just to perfectly describe what the boys is. Um and now I just can't think of that word but it's very just rowdy like off the top of my head that's the word I come up with. It's very rowdy like so much gore, so much violence, but it it can be so funny and ironic at the same time. And Seth Rogen is, like, the executive producer, one of the producers for it. Um, And he shows up from time to time as well, which we love Seth Rogen. And, yeah, I'm currently on season three. (laughs) I started it last Saturday, or last Sunday, maybe. So, (laughs) it's literally taking me less than a month. Or, it's literally taking me less than a week to get to season three and season three came out in July I'm pretty sure so moving pretty fast and then I won't have any other show to watch from there so definitely send me your recommendations because I'm gonna need something as for books um I mean I already said I'm reading the second installment um of Lauren Oliver's trilogy series um and from there I I have um How It Ends With Us by Colleen Hoover which I started to read before I got Pandemonium in the mail and then I got Pandemonium in the mail and I'm like yeah okay (laughs) I'm gonna hold off on this so hopefully this Colleen Hoover book can kind of like redeem my thoughts on Colleen Hoover as an author she she's a great writer that's the thing she's a great writer I just don't feel like sappy dramatic romance is her strength 
I think psychological thriller romance is where her strengths are at. But that's my own opinion, you know, and I'm not always right. To me, I'm always right, but, you know, teach their own. Um, I do hope to buy some more books. I really want to read The Inheritance Games. Um, I want to read some more of Grady Hendrix. He has two books, I think, that off the top of my head that I've been wanting to read. Um, and then there's been a lot of books that, that have come out in the past few months that I've had on my Goodreads, you know, like, to-be-read list um, that I'm wanting to look into. It's just about money, really, money and time. If I had all the money and the time in the world, I would have... The list would have been long by now. I hope you all feel like you know me a little bit more now than you did before. Um, I hope that hope that you're taking away some sort of knowledge from this episode and I hope you enjoyed it I know that I was just talking about myself the entire time but I kind of feel like it's overdue like you know you've just been listening to me this entire time and you've had no idea who this voice was coming from so now you have a little bit more of an idea and uh you can enjoy my episode you can continue to enjoy my episodes and even more now that you now that you know me. So yeah. You can always find me on Instagram at the Unbound Cinefem Pod. You can find me on Twitter at the Unbound Cinefem and on Letterboxd at Avery C O F and on Goodreads at Avery C O F. I'm pretty sure it's the same for both. If it's not, you you can sue me. <laughs> um anyways, thank you all for tuning in to this week's episode. And- And I hope to catch you next time.